Awesome. Well, good morning. How's everybody going? Happy New Year to you, 2019. Some of you are thinking, what's that strange accent? I think that every time I talk to a Texan. <laughs> but hey, I'm married into the land now, so I'm part Texan, part Kiwi. Uh, my wife is a full Kiwi now. Well, she's still Texan, but she's got a New Zealand passport, which is great. The kids uh, have both, so get the best of both worlds. Best of both worlds. Well, uh, I'll just jump straight in. Can I just jump straight in this morning? I feel excited. I've just come back from Kansas City. Missy and I went up to the uh, One Thing Conference and had a great time there. How many of you tuned in to a little bit of the One Thing Conference or were aware of what was going on? Uh, just such a deep time, and they call it the reset, uh, really calling uh, the, the, the family and the prayer and prophetic movement back to, um, back to the basics, really, uh, which is really, I mean, the basics, we say the basics, but the basics are actually very profound, which is to walk with Jesus, present tense, to know his voice and to sit before him. And like Nathan was saying just a few weeks ago, uh, having our focus primarily upon him. And so we come back with just our hearts full uh, as we go into this year and we look forward about what God is doing in this hour of history. How many of you know we're living in probably the most, uh, well, definitely the most exciting time in human history? I mean, uh, there is no better day than today to seek the presence of God and to worship our awesome God. You know, during the service, I was just so aware of the paradoxes of this thing called Christianity or following Jesus. I mean, we are meant to be sons and daughters uh, yet, and to receive and to rest in God's love and to know His love. But at the same time, we are meant to lay hold of and contend and to press in for breakthrough. I mean, how do you walk those, that tension of sitting before Him and the tenderness of His presence, yet we're meant to contend for breakthrough? And so there's so many paradoxes in the kingdom, but I was so aware of that one this morning because one minute we're meant to dance, the next minute is this tender moment we're on our faces before Him. And so I want to talk this morning about contending from a place of being a son and a friend of the bridegroom. Uh, how do we walk that tension? And, uh, you know, if you knew my story, uh, as a young uh, boy, I grew up in Singapore. Uh, I'm a Kiwi. My mom's Australian. My dad's New Zealand. Uh, grew up in Singapore. Married a Texan. Go figure. <laughs> uh, it's funny how God leads His people. But um, uh, I was the shyest kid in high school. I, I, I hated speaking in front of people. Uh, in fact, I, I, I didn't want anybody to know that my parents had been missionaries for, uh, for many, many decades. I didn't want anyone to know that I, I even knew about God. I, 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 was, I was shut down. I was a coward. And God has changed my heart. And um, I used to be so afraid of what people thought about me. And uh, when God gets a hold of you, He can change everything in a moment. And so I want to talk about uh, how to become a friend of the bridegroom and yet walk uh, in our sonship and then contend for the things that He has uh, before us and the things that He wants us to walk into. And so tell me if you've heard these names before. Samoa, Shaphat, Egal, Pelti, Amiel, Gideel, Gadi, Sethur, Nabi. Yule. Have you heard those names before? What about these two? Caleb. What about this one? 
Joshua. Not me, the, the hero. <laughs> well, there's a reason why you hadn't heard of the, the, the previous 10. is because they went into the land and they didn't see from God's perspective. And they couldn't see the promises that God was leading them into. And they came back with a negative report. The two that you had heard of, which, by the way, were the minority. By the way, when was the vast majority ever right? <laughs> the two that were the minority... They saw from God's perspective and they came back with a report that was the report from heaven. How many of you know it's so easy to get the report from the media about what's going on on the planet? What would happen if the people of God woke up in the morning and instead of scrolling through social media and looking at the news and getting the report from the media and all of the social media, what would happen if instead of that we got heaven's report about what's happening on the planet? I'm here this morning to tell you that God is moving in extraordinary ways. There will never be a day where there's less prayer and less worship and contending for the presence of God than there was today. There will never be less than there was even this morning. The kingdom of heaven is advancing and people are coming to the Lord in great numbers, particularly in the 1040 window. I was just in Nepal. God is pouring out His Spirit without measure in that nation. Uh, uh, we've got a team up in Syria. God is moving in Syria. People coming to the Lord in great numbers in Syria. And so our lives are filled with promise. And, you know, uh, uh, we, we need to understand what is the promise of God? What is the ultimate purpose and the promise that the Lord has for us? Well, I think it's found in Ephesians 1, verse 9 and 10. If we can put the, that up on the screen. You don't have to turn to these Bible verses. I've, I hope, hopefully we've got them all here. Uh, but it says this, He made known to us the mystery of His will according to His good pleasure, which He purposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times have reached their fulfillment. To do what? To bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. That's the ultimate purpose of God is to bring heaven and earth together, for heaven and earth to converge. And how does God do that primarily? Well, through His people, but primarily through the place of prayer. God has always operated out of the context of day and night, perpetual, 24-7 worship and prayer. Forever. Everything God has ever done has been out of the place of 24-7 prayer. Isn't that astounding? How many of you know that right now on the earth, that 24-7 prayer is becoming normal? Even the language 24-7 is just normal to us. We expect that at 3 a.m. we can go to McDonald's drive-thru and we're going to get our cheeseburger. We expect that at midnight we can log on to Amazon and shop for anything that we want. 24-7 has become normalized in this generation. I wonder why. I wonder if God is setting us up as His people to, to give ourselves completely to this thing called perpetual seeking His face as friends and His, his family. And it's happening everywhere. In 1984, it was said that there was about 25 uh, prayer rooms across the earth that were going 24-7. But today... A conservative estimate is, is that there is more than 10,000 prayer rooms on the earth where 24-7 worship and prayer is arising. Many say as many as 20,000 across the earth. I'm telling you, it's happening everywhere. It's happening in Myanmar. It's happening in Europe, all across Europe. There's 24-7 prayer rooms in Switzerland, in Germany. There's 24-7 prayer rooms in, in London and Istanbul. 
in, in Kathmandu in Nepal. I was just there in probably the most fiery prayer meeting I've ever been in, in Kathmandu in Nepal, <laughs> singing songs in Nepalese to the Lord. Praying for breakthrough and God to send out laborers from Nepal into India and into China and Tibet. There's 24-7 prayer happening in New Zealand. We've been going for a while uh, in uh, Hong Kong, Singapore, uh, up in Malaysia and Penang. There's 24-7 prayer in China uh, in Haiti. There's 24-7 prayer happening everywhere. And I was just up in South Korea. And how many of you know that the Koreans know how to pray? It's the cry of the human heart is that God would have a dwelling place on the earth, that heaven and earth would truly converge in its full meaning of that word. And so I want to talk about uh, contending for a moment. If you'd open your Bibles to uh, uh, Luke chapter 11, I want to tell a little story. It is a great day to draw near to God. In Isaiah 56, it says that we will become a house of prayer, that God's people will be a people of prayer. And I was thinking, you know, right now, you know, because we're talking about this God who, who, who is, is seated upon this throne that is on fire, and there is a river of fire proceeding out of His throne, and the throne is on fire, and there's 24 elders around Him. Right now, and there are seven lamps burning like fire, and these weird living creatures called the seraphim, with eyes all around, looking at him, with eyes on the outside and eyes within. And it says, John says, these guys even have eyes under their wings. Do you know if that, if we uh, ripped open the veil between heaven and earth right now, we went up to that place where God dwelt without a uh, uh, without any sort of filter. Raw God and raw power and raw majesty and beauty. And we went up to the seraphim. Do you know what we'd hear them singing? Holy, 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 as they're looking at this beautiful God. And sometimes we think, when we think about perpetual prayer and worship, how many of you know that it says in the Bible that we are to pray at all times? I don't know about you, but sometimes I just don't want to pray. And sometimes I think, man, God, why did you set it up this way that 24-7 has to be the context where you release governmental power to shift things on the earth? And uh, I was thinking about this once, and I had this thought, man, if I went up to the seraphim, we'll just call him the lion, or the ox, or the man, or the eagle, and tapped him on the shoulder and said, man, why don't you guys do something else? Like for billions of years singing the same song, flying around the beauty of God. I mean, surely there's other things you want to do. I just wonder if that seraphim might look back at me with one of his eyes. I mean, the rest are just stuck on the beauty of God. And he might look at me. You know that look that your mom gives you when, you know, you haven't cleaned your room when you're a little kid? That role, you know, I wonder if he gives me that kind of look and says something like, Josh, are you looking at who I'm looking at? Because if you were looking at who I'm looking at, you would think that 24-7 prayer is not enough. Because he's just that worthy and he's just that beautiful. You would ask him to bend time and to change the fabric of the human body so that we wouldn't have to sleep eight hours just to function. 
so that we could pray more and worship more and come before Him with even more passion and more zeal for His presence and His house. So in Luke chapter 11, we have this incredible little story. And what happens is the disciples ask Jesus to teach them how to pray, which is interesting because it's the only thing they actually asked Him to teach them. (laughs) Imagine that, walking with God in the flesh, and you can ask Him any question. Like, hey, Jesus, how do we get revival? How do we change this city? How How do we open blind eyes? How do we do that walking on the water thing? Because <laughs> we want to have fun too. <laughs> and they ask him, hey, Jesus, uh, how do we pray? I'm thinking, guys, there's got to be a better question. And I think that the disciples had figured out that the key to governmental authority and breakthrough is this thing called prayer. So they say, Jesus, we figured it out. It's your prayer life. We know, we need to know how to pray. <laughs> so that Jesus says, okay, then here's how you pray. Our Father who art in heaven. It always starts with the Father. And it always starts with our focus on a place called heaven. Holy is your name. And it always starts with us coming into alignment with the name of the Father that resides in this place called heaven, holy, completely other than. And Jesus says, if you get that as the starting point to your prayer life, then here's what happens. What's in His heart becomes the cry of your heart. You begin to cry out, not for just a full bank account or a little bit more status or maybe for uh, more friends or more influence, you begin to cry out with the groan that's in God's heart. And here's the groan that's in God's heart. Our Father who art in heaven, holy be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. That heaven and earth would converge. And so then he goes through the rest of the Lord's Prayer, which is probably the most well-known prayer in all of Scripture. And he gets to this part in verse 5, which normally I've focused on the Lord's Prayer. And just over the last few months, I've been reading this parable and I've been absolutely uh, polarized by it. And I'll explain why in just a moment. In verse 5, Luke 11, verse 5, he said, Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend and he goes to him at midnight and he says, friend, lend me, a, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine is on a journey and has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. And the one inside answers and uh, says, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are in bed with me. I can't get up and I can't give you anything. I tell you though, he will not get up And give him the bread because he is his friend. Yet because of this man's boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. What a fascinating little story. And so maybe it goes something like this. There's a man named uh, 
Paul. And he lives in Austin. And something happens on the other side of the city. And uh, it's about 11.45 at night, and uh, he's driving. And he's absolutely exhausted dealing with work issues and family things. And and, uh, he's driving through Austin, and he remembers his friend Kyle. And he's driving past the very street that Kyle lives on. He's like, I'm just going to pull in, have a rest, and uh, just, just collect my thoughts before I finish the journey to the other side of Austin. Pulls into Kyle's. It's just about midnight, knocks on the door. Kyle's about ready to go to bed. Brooke's already in bed. <laughs> Kyle opens the door. He's like, Paul, what are you doing here? And Paul says, well, I was driving past. I'm tired. <clears throat> Kyle says, okay, come on in. Because the culture is, is that you show hospitality. So normally you would feed them. Food is a good start. Kyle says, sit down at the table. Kyle's thinking, okay, I need to get some bread. Uh, now, uh, hopefully Brooke's got some bread in the pantry. He goes over to the pantry. There's no bread. Uh-oh. Well, there's gluten-free bread. <clears throat> So Kyle comes up to Paul and says, just sit at the table. Brooke, honey, can you just just show him a little hospitality, get him a drink? I'll be right back. And he remembers that that night he'd been over at Nate's house having dinner. And after dinner, Nate put the three loaves of bread that were left over in the pantry. Kyle's like, I'm going to go get that bread. He goes over to Nate's house and knocks on the door. It's midnight. Now, Nate's in bed with his wife and his three kids. And there's a knock on the door. And Kyle's like, Nate, wake up. No answer. (laughs) Nate, wake up. Eventually, Kyle hears. Nate, Nate says, Kyle, is that you? What are you doing here, man? It's midnight. Kyle's like, Nate, I need that bread. You know, after dinner tonight, you put it in the pantry. Just real quick, I need it. Nate's like, bro, it's midnight. Get off my property. Come back at some humane hour. This is the parable that Jesus told us to teach us how to pray. Fascinating. This parable polarizes me. Now, if you don't catch that the whole parable is about friendship, you miss the point of the whole thing. It's about three friends. And Jesus is painting for us this parable about prayer that shows us the significance of contending for our breakthrough and the significance of the power of our voice. Now, I want to just for a minute here, just talk about two words. The first one is that the fact that it's midnight. (laughs) The second one is the, the fact that there is this shameless persistence and audacity in prayer. 
This thing's going down at midnight. So Kyle goes and he's about to put pressure on his friendship with Nate. He's about to put leverage on this deal. And he's about to find out what kind of friend Nate really is. I mean, Nate, we play golf, we eat food, we hang out together. And when everything's good, we're, we're, we're good buddies. But Nate, are we good buddies when something you don't expect comes up? When maybe there's an issue in your life that you didn't see coming. Something that's outside of your realm of control. When something comes up, do, you, do we have a friendship that I can put leverage on and know that you'll be there for me? And that's the kind of pressure Kyle's about to put on his friend Nate. <clears throat> and Jesus is instructing us how to pray. Now, you can go to someone's house at midnight and knock on the door. And that's okay. You could try it tonight. And you'll be fine. They might be annoyed at you, but you'll be okay. But you can't knock on somebody's door at midnight and when they ask you to leave, refuse to leave. You can't do that. If you think you can, try it. You might just end up in a place that you don't want to spend the night. <laughs> we got words for that kind of stuff, you know. <laughs> Disturbing the peace. Harassment, maybe even abuse. <clears throat> and so Jesus has Kyle standing at Nate's door at midnight, refusing to leave to get three loaves of bread. And Jesus is teaching us to pray. Sometimes, you know what this makes my prayer life look like? Way too polite. Nate says, Kyle, buddy, uh, it's midnight. You're going to have to go home, mate. I'm not getting out of bed. I'm warm. I'm comfortable. Go back home. And at about 8 o'clock in the morning, you can call me. And I might even go to the bakery and get you some fresh bread. And Kyle goes, Nate, I don't need the bread at 8 o'clock in the morning. I need the bread now. Nate says, Kyle, I'm about to call the noise police. <laughs> and Kyle might think to himself, well, here's what I think. I think that our friendship is too good for that. I think that the times that we've been through in our lives, I think the times and the wrestle that we've been through as friends around the calling and the mandate of River in the Hills Church and the direction and the prayer room and the messages that are coming forth, I think that as we've been looking forward into 2019 and 2020 and we've been wrestling as friends, I think our friendship's too good for that. I think that before you pick up that phone and call the police, I think that you're going to go over to that pantry and get those three leftover loaves of bread and you're going to bring them to me. That's what I think. Here's my question for you this morning. Do you have a friendship with God 
that you can lean on in your hour of need? Do you have a nearness? Do you actually know him as a friend? Do you know what's in his heart? Kyle is essentially walking a fine line here. I mean, this is some dangerous kind of praying because he's kind of breaking the law. Has anyone in the room ever broken a law? Go ahead. You can all raise your hands. (laughs) Pushing the boundaries. Sometimes we get so used to the way that we've always done things that we don't know how to get out of that when something unexpected comes up, when something we're faced with puts pressure on us, when there's an unforeseen circumstance that arises in our heart. Some of us have been so used to walking with God for many, many years that we don't know how to push the boundaries to really cry out and to groan and call out before the throne of God for our breakthrough and our hour of need. And we pray polite prayers like, God, if it's your will. Nate's like, I'll tell you my will, Kyle. (laughs) Off my property. (laughs) And the children are asleep. Everyone knows when the kids are asleep, you leave them sleeping. Because, I mean, Nate's thinking, man, if I have to go get the bread, I'm going to stumble. I'm going to wake up the kids. I mean, the kids asleep, let them sleep. They're angels. When they're awake at midnight, they're not angels. (laughs) Now, there's a few places in the Bible that show us a similar type of praying. This kind of praying that you can only do if you're a friend of God. There's this kind of friendship with God that you can come before Him and ask Him for things that those that aren't friends of God can't. How about Daniel? Remember the story of Daniel? The king says, worship me or you're dead. Daniel goes, I'm gonna break the law. And he does just that. He prays against the law. Goes up to his room with the windows open to Jerusalem, gets down on his knees and he cries out to the living God, his friend. What does he get? He gets thrown in the lion's den. (laughs) The king comes the next morning, distressed. And God had spared the life of his friend. And what happens? The whole decree This demonic decree over a nation was reversed. Why? Because one friend prayed an illegal prayer. What about this woman who's had this issue of blood for 12 years? Nothing works. I've spent all my money, I've been to every doctor and nothing is working. I've prayed every kind of prayer. I don't have any more words to say. I'm just done. 12 years. Now, the law of Moses says that if you touch somebody with this kind of condition, they become unclean. 
Jesus comes by and he's got a crowd pressing around him. And she goes, I don't care if I break the law. I need my breakthrough. And she pushes through the crowd. And she pushes people aside. By the time she grabs a hold of Jesus' garment, she's broken the law probably, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred times. Did she get her healing? From my perspective, she's the only one that actually planned and strategized her own healing. The issue of this parable is this issue of disruption. And uh, it's a disruptive hour at midnight. It's unexpected. Kyle's had an unexpected thing happen to him. Paul's rolled up. It's midnight. He needs bread. Kyle's over there. He's in bed. It's midnight. He doesn't want to get out of bed to get the bread. It's not convenient. And Jesus is coaching us how to pray. Oh God, if it be your perfect time and in your perfect way, let it be. Far too polite. Nate goes to Kyle. I'll give you my perfect time. It's eight o'clock. Kyle's like, hey, Nate, bro, my wife, Brooke, she's an amazing cook. She'll bake gluten-free bread at eight o'clock in the morning. I don't need it then. I need it now. It's this issue of timing. Sometimes we just cruise along and we hope that maybe something might just happen or maybe somebody will come and pray for me or maybe there'll be another call. Or maybe, maybe one of the elders will come to my house. But it might be that the answer resides within you, where you come to God as a friend and you begin to lean on that friendship in your hour of need. I see a similar thing happening with the first miracle. Remember the story of uh, Mary and at the wedding and the wine had run out? That's not a good thing. And uh, Mary, Jesus' mother, comes up and says, hey, uh, here's her prayer. Jesus, we're out of wine. That's a great prayer. I mean, when, how many of you know that a mother has massive leverage with a son? And everybody knows that Jesus only does what he sees the Father doing and, what, and he says what he hears the Father saying. So Jesus is like, okay. Uh, hey, Dad, uh, Mom said, they're out of wine. Uh, what do you think? Dad says, uh, son, no. Uh-uh. Uh-uh-uh-uh, don't do it. It's not the time, Jesus. Because, you know, if you do that, the cat's out of the bag and you're on a slippery slope that's going to lead you to Calvary. Don't do it. But, Dad, it's Mom. <laughs> Abba's like, son, mm-mm, not the time. So Jesus goes, this is, he says, uh, to his mom, he's like, nah, can't do it. What he actually says is, my hour has not yet come. 
So mom goes, silent. She ignores that comment and looks at the servants and says, he'll do it. Just do as he says. What kind of prayer is this? I mean, how many of you know mom got her wine? See, the thing is, is that answered prayer is disruptive too. If God answered all the prayers that you've prayed, I wonder if you would have the friendship with Him that would mean the humility and the meekness and the uh, tenderness of heart to actually steward the answer to that prayer. God's calling us in 2019 to be friends of God, to actually know His heart, to get out of the monotonous, Christian, cliche prayers. You know, sometimes the most helpful prayers are just the groan. When the plane's going down, you don't go, Dear Father, who art in heaven, I need you to somehow stabilize the hydraulic system and I, I, I just need you to move this. When the plane's going down, here's the prayer. Oh! I'm serious. We gotta get a little bit of a in our spirit because we're friends of God. We walk with Him and we know what's happening in this hour of history and here's what's happening. We're living in probably the most darkest hour that the earth has ever seen, but the light is shining brighter than it ever has before. And God is looking. His eyes are going to and fro across the earth. Are there friends? Are there friends that know me, that can come to me and push back a little bit? Push back according to my will, according to what's in my heart, that heaven might truly come to earth. Are you with me this morning? Does this make sense to anybody? There's much more I want to share, but we're out of time. I just want to leave you with a couple of verses uh, about... (laughs) about persistence and about steadfastness. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58, it says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm and let nothing move you, Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Stand firm, River in the Hills, 2019. Stand firm and contend for the promises of God. Hebrews 10, verse 23. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess for He who promised is always, always, always faithful. If He said it, it's coming to pass. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13. Be on guard and stand firm in the faith and be courageous and be strong. See, sometimes God is trying to win the battle in our hearts before He wins the battle through our hearts. Sometimes we get so caught up in the answer to our prayer and the things that are happening around us that we forget that God is first wanting to do something in us before He does something for us or through us. He's calling us to seek His face, friends, to become friends of God in 2019 that know Him just like a brother. Amen.
let's, uh, let, just as we finish today, I, I just wonder if God has spoken to any of you over the last couple of minutes. I know we prayed for healing earlier, but just, I, I just want to do this before we finish this morning. But if you have something in your life, that one or maybe two things that you have been contending for, some of you for many, many years. It might be a broken uh, relationship. It may be a son or a daughter that's walked away from the Lord. It may be a health issue. It may be a financial issue. Maybe you've lost a job. Maybe you're faced with something you didn't expect even this morning as you walked through these walls, as you, as you started this year. Maybe there's something in your life that you didn't ask for necessarily that God is speaking to you and saying, now's the time to contend. Here's one thing for sure, you know, because we pray for it all the time. Revival in Lakeway, revival in Austin. Set this city upon a hill. And it's happened a little bit, but not in the fullness of what God has intended. And I'll tell you, we don't need revival in Austin in 15 years. We need it now. But to get it now, requires friends of God to come and to knock on the door of heaven and to ask Him and to release that, God, the plane's going down. You may not think the plane's going down, but I wanna tell you, we are in crisis. There is a crisis in the land. There is a famine of the Word of the Lord and there is a famine across this land of the people of God actually walking with Him in deep intimacy, knowing what's actually in His heart for this nation and the nations of the world. So if that's you, if you've got a prayer in your heart about something in your life, just stand to your feet and I, I, I want us to just pray for a minute. If there's something you, you know that you need a breakthrough in, at the beginning of this 2019, let's just, uh, without any music or, we don't need any of that, we need God. <laughs> sometimes we set the, the, the atmosphere with the music and I get that and it's nice, but sometimes we just gotta release the sound of the groan as we're friends of God coming before our friend and just going, God, it's like, you know, when you're friends with somebody, you can ask them for things that you can't ask for if you're not friends. If I go to Kyle's house, I'm going straight to the fridge and I'm probably not even gonna ask him. But if I go to some of your houses that I haven't met, I'm probably gonna be all polite, take my shoes off, tiptoe around, wait for you to offer. But sometimes we do that with God because we haven't been walking with Him. I'm going to Kyle's house. I'm going straight to the fridge and I'm going to get what I want out of that fridge and I'm going to share it with him. <laughs> probably not. I'm probably like, bro, can I go to your fridge? He'll be, he'll be like, yeah, because he knows me. <laughs> Let's just begin to name those things that we're asking for a breakthrough. Just, just pray in your own place. Just, just set your eyes on him just for a minute. God, we come before you right now. At the outset of 2019, God, Lord, we thank you for the past, but right now we want to look forward. And God, we cry out before heaven. We knock on the door of heaven, asking for our three loaves this morning, God. God, we ask you, Lord. Lord, we don't need it in a year or 10 years from now. We're asking this morning for breakthrough. We ask you, God of miracles. Friend, would you release the breakthrough, God? Lord, would you bring the prodigal sons home, God? Lord, would you, would you release the job in Jesus' Name? Lord, would you release those finances in Jesus' Name? Would you heal that body in Jesus' Name? Thank you, God. 
God, I ask You even right now to begin to release breakthrough all across this room. Every family member connected to someone in this room right now, God, I I speak breakthrough in Jesus' Name. Breakthrough in your body, breakthrough in your soul, and breakthrough in your spirit in Jesus' Name. God, we cry out to You this morning. Lord, we thank You for the Word of the Lord that came through our sister, that we gotta get busy. We gotta get busy. We're going to let God arise and let His enemies be scattered in Jesus' Name. Thank you, God. I speak breakthrough over this whole house, over River in the Hills Church, this family. I ask you, 2019, for a year of breakthrough in Jesus' Name. Lord, I ask you to make the mountains valleys in Jesus' Name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Open up the well, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. We love you and we, we, we pledge our allegiance to you this year, God. We want to walk with you in a present tense friendship. Not just know a few things about you, but actually know you and walk with you. I bless River in the Hills. And I ask for the most fruitful year it's ever seen. I ask you for an increase, more, mostly of your presence, an increase of your nearness, an increase of our awareness of your nearness. The gifts of the Holy Spirit flowing without measure, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let the winds of heaven blow across this place this year. 2019, may it be a year that we look back as a pivotal moment, a shifting moment in the seasons and the times. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, right now, we just lift up the surrounding area of Lakeway and the greater area of Austin. And God, we're asking for breakthrough. We're asking for revival in Jesus' name. We contend right now, Lord, knocking on the door of heaven, asking that you would open up the well of revival over this city in Jesus' name. Yeah, amen.